The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this episode are that of the guest and host and do not necessarily reflect the values of sponsors or other associated organizations. Welcome to the Parental Compass by Family Education and Support Services. I'm your host, Bobby Williams. Please subscribe to the show, leave us a review, tell a friend to tell a friend. Thank you. Fentanyl is a major problem in our country. It's easier to overdose on when compared to other drugs, and it's more common than a lot of people would think. How can our children avoid this fate? How can we talk to them about it? My guest today is Jermaine Galloway, AKA Tall Cop. Jermaine was a police officer for 18 years. He now travels the country to educate and train about drugs. He also does what is called community scans, where he's actively in places drug users are to learn about what is happening on the streets now. You can learn more about Jermaine's work by going to tallcopsaysstop.com. I learned a lot from this conversation. I think you will also. Check it out. So this drug has been around a long time, but why am I just hearing about it now? Did someone just suddenly get the idea of like, oh, we could make this into a street drug? No, you're hearing about it now because of the deaths. Um, Because the deaths are increasing, we have a lot of people dying, and we are actually making efforts. We're making efforts in training. We're making efforts in prevention. We have drugs like Narcan. We're making a lot of efforts to keep people alive, and the numbers are still going up. Um, So that's why you're hearing a lot about the news media has attached to it also. Um, And kind of what I explained to people was our numbers were going up even through the pandemic, but you didn't hear a lot about fentanyl for about two years, really uh, um, about March of 2020 till about March of 2022. You didn't really hear about it because of the pandemic. All you heard about was COVID. So our people were still dying and overdoses were still increasing. You just didn't hear anything about it. Um, But that's like your main reason is just because of the sheer numbers of deaths. Um, You know, I I kind of equate it to, it would be like if, if, 80,000 people in a football stadium died. That's going to make a lot of news. And that's really what you're seeing. And those numbers are increasing. And in some cases, um, might even be coming in lower than what the true number actually is. So, and that doesn't count people who are overdosing that we're also bringing back with Narcan. So just the sheer amounts of overdose and fatalities, why you're hearing a lot about it. I have some friends that work for the health department and they're always advising me like get Narcan, get Narcan because I work in downtown Olympia. I work with a lot of youth. Do you recommend everyone have a Narcan and know how to use it? I do. I do. Um, I, I doesn't mean necessarily every soccer mom who's walking down the street needs to have it, but anyone in a professional, if when people ask me my opinion, I don't force my opinion on anyone, but when they ask me, should we have Narcan? I suggest yes. Anyone who works in a professional capacity or around a lot of people should have Narcan, especially if you're working in a downtown, larger city, somewhere where the sheer numbers are higher. Uh, I'm not saying we are not seeing overdoses in rural America, but just you might see three in rural America. And like you said, you might be in downtown Olympia or Seattle, you might see 15 in a day or 25. So just your probability of coming across something is much higher in a larger metropolitan area. But with that, yes, um, 
because my focus is this, if we can save a life and give them another day to fight another day and hopefully rehabilitate on another day, I think we should be doing that. So I do encourage schools when asked that carry Narcan. I do encourage law enforcement, EMS, even some community providers who are dealing with people or youth, because we are seeing an increase in opioids and fentanyl with kids also. Mm. This is a parenting show. And I think about young people, they go off to college, they experiment with drugs. And so abstinence only may not work for everyone. Are there any best practices for like if a young person is experimenting with drugs and doesn't want to accidentally overdose on Narcan? Yeah, so, well, and from the parenting side, let's back up a little bit. Here's kind of my suggestion. Take the small stuff seriously. Um, if you have a child who's going to use fentanyl or try fentanyl, that's not their first drug. And sometimes I hear parents say, well, at least they're doing this, i.e. alcohol, vapes, mm -hmm. cannabis, and not doing that. Okay, is it fair to say that those are not as strong as fentanyl? Yes, it is. But is it also fair to say that some people who use fentanyl in their youth are going to start with those drugs I just mentioned. Yes. So if you really want to look at prevention on a large scale, address the small stuff first. Even if you truly believe eh, it's not that big of a deal because there's people out there who agree with you. But we also understand that if you don't address the small stuff, for some people, it moves to the larger stuff. Not for everybody. Something, you know, I hear from everyone. Oh, well, I use this, but I've never done that. Yeah, there's there's many people like that, but for the people who do use heroin, fentanyl, cocaine, meth, none of them started with that drug. Not one of them did. So if your goal is really to look at prevention about those drugs, you need to address the small stuff first. If, if truly that's the way you want to look at this as a whole, you have to address the small stuff because the probability of your child going to fentanyl is low. It is lower, but it isn't zero. And if you address the small stuff, it's going to give you a higher chance to address the larger stuff or prevent the larger stuff. To cut in, what is addressing the small stuff look like, though? Just a conversation? A... Yes. Mul yes and no. Multiple conversations. Um, taking it seriously. Not just, well, I did it, too. You know, her mom go, well, I did it, too. So what's the big deal? Yeah, mom, I realize data shows you probably did do it and your husband probably did it also. I get that. Okay. But with that being said. Um, the first thing is your kids aren't using the same drugs you did. You basically drink the equivalent of a light beer and they're drinking high proof spirits. Okay. To wrap your head around it. So that's the first way to look at that. But also just because you did, it doesn't mean you don't want your child to be healthier than you were. So address that smaller stuff, um, by talking, not a conversation, multiple conversations, those conversations shouldn't, should not be that awkward moment where we're all sitting at the dinner table, you turn down the lights and we're going to talk about drugs. That That's ineffective. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, unfortunately, society gives you multiple opportunities. You just highlighted how many overdoses you're seeing in Washington State. Well, your kids are hearing about that. They're hearing about it in the news. You're seeing it on billboards. Address it. Hey, that billboard, what are your thoughts about that? Hey, remember, you, you know, you told me a football player got suspended from the high school for this. What, what do you think about that? Are you hearing about that? Those are your opportunities. Sadly, society gives us way too many opportunities to talk about drugs. We have a lot of opportunities to talk about drugs because of the epidemics, and it's not just opioids, but multiple epidemics that we're dealing with in society. Take those opportunities to talk to your kids. Is it a common thing, like fentanyl is just getting dealt in high schools? 
Um, I wouldn't say necessarily always dealt in high schools, but because a lot of your overdoses that you'll see in schools are off property. But those conversations, whether the purchase of property uh, of the fentanyl product or the conversations are taking place at school, social media also, but at school. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I'm doing trainings for school districts that are having fentanyl overdoses on school property. That is not uncommon. But sometimes you hear about the overdose on a Wednesday at the house at 6 p.m. Well, where do you think they got the drug from? And where do you think they talked about it? Okay, probably three and a half hours earlier that day, which would have put them on the school property. So understanding that a lot of activity is happening in schools, not just in Washington, not just in Texas, but across the country. Um, and we need to do our best with prevention, even at schools, you know, and something I share, I do a lot of school district trainings. And something I share with them is, you know, you got into to education to educate kids not to be drug enforcement cops. I understand that. But unfortunately, the drug epidemic has brought you into where you're kind of drug enforcement cops now too. And when I say drug enforcement cop, I'm not just saying arresting people because that's not all law enforcement does. I am saying the prevention, education, treatment, and conversation side also. Unfortunately, schools, you're, you've kind of been drug into that. I know that's not what you wanted, but it's the way it is. And unfortunately, it's actually going to increase. I think of schools as you're including the youth from the whole community. Mm. And when it's the whole community, it's also the challenges of the whole community. 100% agree with you. Yep, I 100% agree with you. Are there warning signs when a child might be getting on drugs or actively using? Like, is there something parents should be looking for? Sure. I mean, the first thing is extreme. Uh, if we're talking fentanyl, the depressant effects. The nodding out, the sleeping, uh, the dry mouth. You know, many people have taken painkillers before. You tore your ACL, you had a hurt shoulder, you had a tooth removed. You took painkillers, and you remember a couple of things. You got constipated, and you had dry mouth. You had to drink a lot of water. Okay, you got really dehydrated and dry mouth. Pay attention to that, right? Pay attention to the um, uh, lethargic, being very lethargic, sleeping all day. Pay attention to those things because it might not just mean fentanyl and other opioids. It could be anything, but you're seeing a change in demeanor. So if I had to just give you one sentence, change in demeanor, watch for a change in demeanor. And that change based on drugs could go the other way too, where it is excited delirium, hyperactivity, um, or where you could see kind of the roller coaster throughout the day. You know, my son slept all day. But now he's up and he's bouncing off the walls. Now he's aggressive with me. And now he's yelling and screaming. And now he's passed out on the couch. That's not normal. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that could be a lot of factors, but that's stuff you want to look into. And unfortunately, as a parent, we're not really equipped or educated to do that. So that's where you have to bring in outside help, whether mental health treatment, counselors, hospitals, you're going to have to bring in outside help. I imagine experiencing trauma as a young person makes you a little more predisposed to do something like fentanyl. You know, sometimes, yes, there's a lot of, you know, in today's day and age, there's a lot of factors. We do know trauma, yes, can be a precursor for that. Um, because the trauma, because you experienced as a child, it doesn't mean it's gone. It's still there. There's still, and if we, you've never addressed it, meaning through treatment uh, or other avenues of help, then it's still there and you're actually still dealing with it. So it could have been years ago. So there's that. Um, there's other drug use. Again, there, there is a term as gateway drug, and I consider alcohol, especially for kids, alcohol, vapes, and cannabis, all gateways. Different people take different gateways. They use different highways, but all those can be a gateway for, for children. Um, the self-medication. Unfortunately, we have parents who are just are not very good at what they do. We have parents that are really bad parents, um, that are really bad role models. They are really bad parents. 
And some of their kids, I'm not just saying a bad parent equals drug use for kids. What I'm saying is a bad parent sometimes and really doing a poor job as a parent leads your children to self-medicate. So self-medicate to try to just get out of that environment, that really horrible, sometimes abusive environment. So with that, you will have people who self-medicate and self-medication is drugs also. And then you also have the social media glorification of it, the social media marketing of it. And hey, all the cool kids are doing it and I'm kind of an outcast and I don't like feeling like an outcast and it's causing depression and other issues. So there's a lot of different reasons but kind of in closing with that is I'll tell you this, you could be the best parent in the world and have a child who uses drugs. You could be the worst parent in the world and has a child who says, I don't want to be like my parents and I'm never going to touch one because I see what it's caused them and I'm going to go the other way, but you can have everything in the middle too. So there is no perfect formula. You know, people look for that two plus two equals four. That does not exist. If it did, we would write a book and we would tell you parents, we would, we, I promise you, we would tell you. But we do know some things that lead to higher success rates and lower success rates. And with that, you know, when you are that parent that doesn't care, doesn't pay attention, doesn't follow up, doesn't ask questions, and really has a toxic environment in their home, toxic environment leads to a higher probability of having a toxic environment with, with your child. So you have to keep that in mind, too. Mm. Seems like as long as people are suffering and don't want to feel the way they're feeling, we're going to have some type of drug problem. Like I think yes. about people experiencing homelessness and it's like, well, why are they doing drugs? That's just making it worse. But it's like, well, their situation is so miserable that they just they don't want to feel like that. Yeah, it's yeah. And it goes back to really self-medication. A needle in your arm is taking you out of your environment. Um whether it is a toxic environment in a house, homelessness, uh, sexual abuse, there's a lot of things. It takes you out of that environment, although briefly, it takes you out of that. Now, it causes another negative environment that you're going to be in shortly after that. So now you're still dealing with the abuse, and then you're dealing with a whole other side also. But we have to understand that people don't just get high just to get high. Sometimes that gets kind of sensationalized a little bit in music and stuff. Like, hey, it gets high because it's just fun. Yes, that does exist, but really when we talk kids, there generally is a core issue that we need to get to. And sometimes we're not getting to the core issue. We're not getting to, to we're addressing the drug use at a superficial level sometimes, and we're not getting to the core of the drug use and the core of why you started the drug use. And that's really when you peel this onion back where you wanna to get to, if we're really gonna address drug problems in schools and our streets and in communities, that's to the level we need to get to. To be fair with saying that, everybody's not equipped to do that. Uh, do, you know, we, we have to sit back and say, do schools have the staffing to do that? And is it their job? You know, that, that's a question that gets brought up on argument. Is it their job or is their job to educate our kids or is it to be, you know, drug educators? And do they have the staffing when you have 3000 kids and four counselors to really address it to the level those kids need it? So that's where parents need to step up and sometimes look for outside help. Is this, you think this problem's getting worse? I do. I think it's getting significantly worse. Um, I think attitudes towards drugs are getting more passive. And I think that plays into it. You're seeing a increase in drugs because when you're more passive about something, it's not going to go down. Right. So if your neighbor is 
has barking dogs that are dogs are yelling and screaming and barking at it. And then another neighbor, another neighbor, and you're just passive about it. Why would those dogs ever stop barking? And why would your neighbor ever make a change when he goes, no one cares. So what's the big deal, right? But when you start addressing it, you know, hey, I want to talk to you about this. This is kind of causing uncomfortableness and this and that. Then you might see it either level off or decrease. But if we don't do anything, you actually are going to see stuff increase. And when we're passive about drugs, we're sometimes doing less. So I think that's increasing it. I think some of the stressors of society are increasing it, whether it is COVID and bouncing back from that loss of jobs. Now the interest rates going up and how much people have to pay for milk and bread and gasoline, all that is causing stressors in life. The already existing stressors of single parent households with multiple kids and making ends meet. I mean, there's so many, I, I feel like society is under so much stress right now that, you know, people are sometimes looking for a way out. You see social media posts of long week at school. I can't wait to get a few glasses of wine. I mean, there's some truth behind that, right? They're not just saying that socially. They're saying, I really need something to take this elephant off my back. And when I talk about addressing the core, I think that's some more stuff that needs to be addressed too. I think we have a lot of uh, strung out, and I don't mean strung out drug-wise, but a lot of strung out people who are just so wired and can't relax or even get a good night's sleep that they're looking at substances to do that. It's hard. Just being a person right now, especially, is very hard. I think for everyone on some degree, th this is a very heavy topic. Is there a closing message of hope you can leave the audience with? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of messages of hope. I mean, today's focus was talking about, you know, the problems we're having. It wasn't just talk about how everything's roses out there, but most people don't use drugs. Now, we see the ones who do because whether they're on the street in our homes or in our schools or in, in the prison systems or, or you watch there was a homicide that was drug related, that's what you see. You don't see on the news, hey, went to a school and everything went great today and 10 kids said they don't use. I mean, that's not a news story you hear, right? So with that, most people don't use drugs. And even for those who experiment, most people don't actively use drugs. So keep that in mind. Um, most of your kids will not use drugs. Some will experiment and some won't but we're talking about the ones that do and that are highly at risk and their risk level is higher than even you or I risk level was at that age range. So when we talk about this and I explain this to my classes a lot too, when we talk about this, I'm not saying everybody does everything. I'm not saying the world is ending. What I'm saying is for those who are, it is more risky. It is more dangerous. And we do have more people dying and we do have higher levels of addiction. That's just factual but that higher level still doesn't mean majority of society or everybody. So just keep that in mind and keep your head up. And, and I tell parents, it's okay to be frustrated. You should be frustrated. You should be frustrated by what you're seeing going on in society. Cause that means you care. If you're not frustrated, that's part of the problem right there. That's part of the apathy that we're talking about. It should bug you and make you uncomfortable what you see going on in our communities with fatalities, deaths, assaults, all of it. But we're, it, at some point it has to swing around and i know i just don't think that point's going to be in six months or a year but at some point it has to swing around tall cop thank you for being here today you're very welcome thanks for having me take care everybody keep up the incredibly important work jermaine tall cop says stop.com this has been the parental compass by family education and support services i'm bobby williams we'll see you next week peace